Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. So today, we want to, uh, we want to um, finish our, our sermon series. We've been talking or, or sharing uh, lessons in the life of Joseph, lessons in the life of Joseph, three sermons. Um, I've encouraged the church to read Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50. Uh, just the story of Joseph and, and what it means. And just let the Holy Spirit just, just uh, speak to your heart and move things. And throughout these last couple of weeks, we've been just sharing some teachings that we have been able to uh, just learn, embrace. And it's a sermon series that the Lord has given to us before and felt in, the heart, felt in our heart to bring it to you once again. Today's reading will, found, will be found in Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. And today our theme is the inevitable results the inevitable results. Our first sermon was the inevitable pit. We talked about the pit. The first sermon was from um, uh, Joseph's father's house, Jacob, to the pit. And we talked about pits are inevitable in life. And three things happen when we're in the pit. We, we transition, we, we change, and we're prepared. Three things happen when we're in the pit. We're transitioned, we're changed, and we are prepared. Then last week, we talked about the inevitable journey Looking at the life of Joseph, we talked about in this journey, you will always experience temptation. In this journey, you'll always experience God's provision. In this journey, you will have highs and lows. And we talked about that. And last week's sermon started at the pit and finished, and went to Potiphar's house and then finished at the jail. And then today, um, the story starts at the jail and then finishes in Egypt. There's a whole lot to the story. Obviously, we're not teaching uh, on the whole story in itself. So we just kind of pulled some things out. But today we're going to talk about the inevitable results. Some results that we can see in the life of Joseph that uh, uh, helped him through his journey. And we hope that will also remind us and encourage us and help us. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19 and 20. But Joseph said to them, so now his brothers have returned to Egypt. That's where we are now. His brothers have returned to Egypt. It had been over 20 years. He don't see his brothers have you read the story, you're familiar where we are right now. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. But Joseph said this to them, do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many People should be kept alive as they are today, the inevitable results. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your teaching this morning. This teaching has encouraged me and helps me. I pray that it also has uh, encouraged and helped uh, the church to hear us today, Lord, those who are here and those who are joining us online. We pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts to sense, our ears to hear, our eyes to see what it is that you want to speak into our lives this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So like I shared the last couple of uh, weeks, where we were from, from Jacob's house to the cistern, from the cistern or the pit to uh, Potiphar's house and then to jail. And then, and then here, Joseph is in jail. 
right? Um, and he's in jail for a few, few years. We know that uh, the cupbearer and the baker, uh, they worked for the pharaoh and they had offended the pharaoh. Uh, so, uh, so the pharaoh sends them to prison. And after they had been in prison for some time, uh, they both had dreams and Joseph interpreted the dreams. And one of the dreams informs the baker that he has three days to live. The other informs the cupbearer that he'll be restored to Pharaoh's house in three days. And that is exactly what happens. Uh, years later, Pharaoh has two dreams. Uh, one of the dreams had to do with uh, seven fat cows and seven thin cows. And the, in the dream, the seven thin cows devoured the seven fat cows. And he also had a similar dream with regard to heads of grains that the thin cows devoured um, the heavy cows. And Pharaoh was looking for someone to tell him, what does this mean? So the cupbearer remembered that when he was in jail, Joseph had a gift to interpret dreams, and he tells the Pharaoh, when I was in jail, I met this Hebrew person, his name was Joseph, and he interpreted the dream, and he came to life. So Joseph, so uh, they sent for, for Joseph, and Joseph tells the Pharaoh this. The Pharaoh tells Joseph, hey, tell me about my dream. And Joseph says this, I cannot do it, Joseph replied. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Joseph tells Pharaoh that God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. That he's going to give them seven years of abundance throughout the whole land. Seven years of abundance. But after those seven years of abundance, it would be seven years of great famine. And the famine would be so great that the seven years of abundance would be forgotten. And Pharaoh says this, since God has made this known to you, talking to Joseph, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Joseph is given this place. In Egypt, Joseph is given a wife, two sons, he has two sons, and he leads all of Egypt during this time of, of abundance and during this time of famine. And God gives Joseph leadership, discernment, influence, success. Now the famine was so great, though, that it reached the outer skirts, even to Canaan, where Joseph's family was, where his father was, where his, bro, where his brothers was. So Joseph's father, Jacob, sends the brothers to Egypt to buy grain so that they may live. And after 20 years later, there's an encounter between Joseph and his brothers. And when Joseph sees them, they didn't recognize him, but he recognized them. And if you read chapter 42 and chapter 43, you see how he handles this, how he manages this encounter. And he does it with just a, uh, a heart of reconciliation. And he asks, how's your father? And, you know, they tell him about him. They find, he finds out his father's still alive. The younger brother did not make it. And, uh, and after two trips from Canaan to Egypt, Joseph weeps, but he reveals himself to his brothers. And at first they were concerned that he would have revenge on them, for he sold them when he was in the pit. But eventually they find out that he's not after revenge. And he tells them, hey, what well, you meant for evil, God meant for good. And eventually, the Pharaoh gives Joseph permission. He moves his whole family to Egypt so Joseph can care for them. And God gives Joseph and Jacob the blessing that for 17 years, Jacob and Joseph were able to live again together in Egypt. And the Hebrew people lived in Egypt for 400 years until the time of Moses. So if you're ever wondering, how did the Israelites even end up in captivity in Egypt uh, for 400 years? 
It all started here when they transitioned to Egypt under Joseph. Um, there are many life lessons in this story of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of, of re restoration. Uh, there's so much. But Joseph saw the hand of God in his life. And in verse uh, 20 that we have read, he says, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. What a perspective of Joseph. Just think about the betrayal of his brothers. He's lost the place in his father's house. He's lost his identity as a Hebrew under his father's home. And 20 years later, he finds his brothers. He's not angry. He's not bitter. He's not resentful. He doesn't desire revenge. What a perspective. He says, what you meant for evil, God was using it for his good. Some inevitable results in our life at times we don't understand, but God means for good, to do good things in our life. What, what a perspective. Joseph saw good results and understand that God had permitted it. I want to remind you today that if, if we submit to the process of God in our lives, we will also see God in our lives and we will also see good results. As we understand that we all, at one time or another, will have to deal with pits, inevitable pits. And pits will bring uh, change and transition and, and preparation to our lives. And, and we all will have to deal with them. We, it's inevitable. We all have the inevitable journey of life. And we all have to deal with temptations and, and highs and lows. And we see God in the midst of, of it all. We all. But how we manage the pit and how we manage the journey allows us to enjoy the results that God has for us. The inevitable results, how we manage those times, how we manage the journey allows us to enjoy the results that God has for us. And the church says, I want to share with you four inevitable results that we can see in the lives of Joseph quickly. Four inevitable results. The first one is God will use you. God will use you. When you manage the pit well and you manage the journey well, God will use you. We learned this in the life of Joseph. Joseph went through some stuff in his life. He went to the pit. He went to, to Potiphar's house. He went to jail. Uh, he, he had to deal with some things. And in every place that he was at, God used him. God used him to interpret dreams. God used him uh, in a time of prosperity in Egypt and in a time of famine. God used him to save all of Egypt and the surrounding counties. God used him to rescue his family. And the list goes on and on how God used Joseph regardless of his pit experience and his journey experience. These are results. God used him. God used Joseph to, to, to guard the promise that he gave, that God gave to Abraham that the descendants of Abraham would be like, like the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea, and that the promise of the Messiah would come through Abraham. And God uses Joseph even to what? To care for the promise given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as well. So God, God uses him. God uses him even to care for his family, right? Um, and, and we see how, how, how God used Joseph we go through things in our life and we find ourselves in some pits and we have to deal with some journeys in our life and, and we don't always understand it. But when we manage things right and we know that we are exactly where God wants us to be, there is where God wants to use us. You are in the job that God has called you to be today. That may change tomorrow, but today be sure of that. You are where, the, where God has called you to be and he wants to use you there. 
And the church says, you're in the church that God has called you to be today. Things can change in life. Maybe you were somewhere else last week. Maybe you'll be somewhere else next week, but you're here today. And I want to tell you that God wants to use you in your church. And the church says, we, we need to know that God wants to use us in the community that we live in. God wants to use us. In the place that we find ourselves, God wants to use us. I overheard a conversation once, and it blessed me, where somebody walked into work, and they saw conflict in work, and they walked right into the conflict, and they said, hey, I feel in my heart to pray for you too. God used that person at that moment, right? Are you willing to be used? But when we manage pit circumstances, and we manage the journey well, we could be sure of this, that God will use us exactly where he has put us. And sometimes we're like, hey, but I don't like where I am right now. I don't like my circumstance. It's a circumstance of perseverance. It's a situation of a struggle. It's a, it's a sickness time in my life, and I'm not happy with where I am. Well, Joseph uh, had to be used even when he was in jail for years. Sometimes the journey of life takes us to places that we're not comfortable, but because we're just instruments in the hands of God. And he wants to use us. When we handle the pit well and we handle the journey well, we understand that the results are to give God the glory and that his purpose would go forward. And he uses us in those circumstances. And we need to be encouraged to know if God has allowed this in my life, it's because he wants to do something through me. Through me. So we're reminded that God wants to use us. And that's why we preach in time, in season, and out of season. We, we know we have the ministry of reconciliation. We tell the lost world that Jesus is the answer in all seasons. Why? Because he wants to use us. I want to encourage you today. Be ready. Leave today with an expectation that we're just not religious people institutionalized in a Christian church, but we are a force to be reckoned with because God wants to use us. That you will leave this place encouraged to know that you're an instrument, you're a tool in the hands of God, and he wants to use you in your job, in your community, in your family, in your circumstances, that he has journeyed you exactly where you are today for his glory and his purpose. And that is an inevitable result when we have handled the pit well and the journey well. <clears throat> and the church says, God wants to use you in your ministry. God wants to use you in your classrooms. God wants to use you in your job. He wants to use you through your gifting. He wants to use you in your family, in your community. He wants to use you. I love this verse. I plugged it in because I love it. The Apostle Paul tells um, Timothy this in 2 Timothy 4.2. Um, Prepare in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. And I love that Paul tells Timothy this because he's kind of like grabbing it all together. He's telling this young pastor, hey, preach the word. And then he tells them, in every season, be ready, regardless of the circumstances. And he tells them, this is what you must do. You must correct Sometimes we've got to tell people how to get right, right? He tells them you must rebuke, tell people that they're not right, right? We must encourage them. Let them know, hey, it's going to be okay. And then he tells them, and do it with great patience, and, he do, and do it with careful instruction. And it reminds us that God wants to use us in all seasons. And the way he uses us is to bless other people. And the church says, it's inevitable results. God wants to use us. Be encouraged today, no matter who you are. No matter if you've been in the faith for a short time or a long time, God wants to use you to glorify his name and be a part of the great purpose that he has in this world. And the church says, so we're talking about inevitable results. 
The first one is God wants to use us. The second one is God will give you what you need for the task. Think about this. Joseph, he was, he was 17 years old when he was sold. He's 30 years uh, he's 30 years old, 13 years later. He's leading in Egypt as the second in charge of all of Egypt. I think about 30 years old, second in charge of all of Egypt. That is insane. But God gave him everything he needed for the job. God gave him leadership. God gave him wisdom. God gave him administration skills. God gave him discernment. God gave him strength. Uh, he, he had it all. And you just think 13 years later, he was such a foolish teenager telling his mother and his father and his brothers, I had a dream and y'all all going to bow down to me. And just 13 years later, he is leading all of Egypt in a time of abundance and in a time of famine. I want to remind you that when God calls you to a task, man, he qualifies you. He'll give you everything that you need. And when you look and you read, I want to encourage you to read the story. You're going to see how he handled the Egyptians and how he has conversations with the Egyptians. Only the wisdom of God can give him that, that wisdom to handle the Egyptians and give his, parent, his father a, a wise counsel towards how to speak to the Pharaoh and, and, and his vision for Egypt and his appointment of leaders and his inner strength to forgive his brothers. That all comes from the Lord. Inevitable result is this. God will give you what you need for the task at hand. He will give you what you need. You know, uh, um, I want to let you know that the inevitable result is that God will give us what we need for the task at hand. You know, I've spoken to many leaders and, and they're like, hey, pastor, I'm not sure if I can do that. Man, do you feel called? Yes, I do, but I'm not. If you feel called, man, you got to trust the Lord for it because we don't always have it. Yeah. And, and it's through time that God gives us all that we need. God is an expert as using people who are not wise. He's an expert at using people who are not prepared. He's an, he's an expert at using people who understand that without him they're lost because when he uses them in a mighty way, they can take no credit for themselves. They have to say, God did this because of me, I could not do it. He's an expert. I love it when he called when he called Jeremiah, he says, I called you to be a prophet to the nature. Oh, I'm too young for this. And Jeremiah's like, and God was like, you're the exact person I'm going to use. When he calls Isaiah, Isaiah says, woe of me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And God says, you're exactly who I'm going to use, right? When he calls Peter, uh, Peter says, apart from me, I'm a, I'm a sinful man. Jesus says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. It's when we recognize our, our vulnerability where God says, man, I'm going to use you. I want to let you know here today, maybe you're dealing with something in your life. and I feel like God has called me, but I don't, I don't speak as well as them. Uh, you're, you're exactly who God wants to use to speak. You know, I'm not as good of a leader as so-and-so. Man, God is going to help you to be the exact leader that he's called you to be. Because when God calls us and we manage and we manage the pit well and we manage the journey well, the results are inevitable. And the result is that God will give us exactly what we need for the task at hand. I, I can tell you our story, Pastor Becky and I, 15 years ago, man, we were scared. We were scared. We were elected here as pastors, and we were scared. And today we're still scared. <laughs> but the Lord has given us 
what we've needed over the last 15 years. And, and I pray and hope that he continues to give us what we need until he says so here. Um, I want to tell you that's our story. And, and if I tell you of, of our history and, and our shortcomings and, and our, our flaws, and, and man, the Lord has been gracious. I want to tell you, you feel called from the Lord. You feel that the Lord has called you. You're managing your life well in the hands of God. Peace. He will give you everything you need for the task at hand. And the church says, he'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the inner strength. He'll give you the discernment. He'll give you the spiritual gifts that you need. Everything that you need. Because it's the inevitable result of a person that has journeyed and managed their life well. And the church says. So we're talking about inevitable results. Uh, the first one is that God will use us. The second one is that God will give us all that we need. The third one is all people will see God in your life. This is my favorite one. All people will see God in your life. In Genesis 41, this is what Pharaoh says about Joseph. Can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Oh, my God, I love that. Pharaoh's like, can, is there anyone like this man? He's 30 years old. Is there anyone like him where the spirit of God is in? When you manage the pit and the journey well, all people will see God in your life. Uh, the Egyptians believed in many gods, but Pharaoh is saying that he had never seen a man like Joseph where the real God dwelled in him. I love this. It reminds us that when we manage the pit well and we, we manage the journey well, we understand that, that we reflect the image of God in every season and people will come to trust us. They will trust us. They will trust us because they see something about us worthy to be trusted. So that's the, that's the result. They will see God in you and then, and then they will trust you. Man, they, they, will, they will trust you to, to lead their their families. We need mentors. We need people to help us lead. They will trust you to teach in, to their, in their classrooms and to their children. They will, they will trust you for good advice. They, they will see something in you and, and, and they will trust you. Why? Because they see Jesus in your life. Um, that's why you're at work and the boss gives you a little more than somebody else to do and you're like, you know, I don't know why they give me more. We all get paid the same here. And it's because they see Jesus in you. It's because your work ethic is different than everybody else's work ethic. It's because there's a reflection of Christ in your life. Take it as a compliment. Don't push back against it. You got to do a little bit more than somebody else and you get paid the same. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, I'm thankful because they see something about me. Nobody's taking advantage of you. Man, you are a child of God. He placed you there. It is our job to reflect the image of the Lord and say, this is the way God is doing it. It's favor. It's grace. I, I tell my daughters this. When they were younger, they first started working. So when you apply for a job, you need them first because you're applying for that job. But once they come to know you, they need you because your work ethic and your, and your way of living is at a level that every boss and every supervisor, every supervisor desires. So in the beginning, you need them. You're going to go there and you're trying to oppress. But once you're in, they need you because there's something about you that is different than everybody else. And this is an inevitable result 
that the people will see God in your life. The other day, my wife and I, we had pulled into our parking, into, into our driveway, and a lady, an older lady, comes, Carlos, Carlos. Now, I had never seen her before. She lives up the block. She lives up the block. And she goes, Carlos, Carlos, I'm, hi, how are you? And she goes, hi, I'm so-and-so. I live up the block. I live over there. I said, oh, wonderful. She goes, I, I told my son the day that I die, I want Carlos to speak at my funeral. And I was like, oh, wow. Now, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? So I did say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm messing up today. I, I did say, um, I did say, well, that won't happen for a long time. I did say that, okay? But um, a few years ago, my neighbor had passed away, and uh, his wife had invited me to speak at their funeral, and, and our, our block was there. So I spoke, and I, I guess that encouraged the family, and, um, and that lady, uh, she, so she was like, and she said, I heard when you spoke at so-and-so's funeral, and, and um, I told my son, I want Carlos to speak at my funeral. And I, I share that, well, you guys all know my heart, to, to, to say that I was honored that this lady that I could not recognize to say that because I think there's maybe there's something that they've seen in our home and our family that they say, we like them. We like them. It's an inevitable result that when we manage our journey well and we manage our pit circumstances well, an inevitable result is that the people will see God in our lives. It's inevitable. And as Christians, if our ultimate goal is not to reflect Jesus, then we've, we've, we've lost, we lost our scope of what Christianity is about. Our whole walk of, of Christianity is a walk of submission. It's a rendering of ourselves. It's less of us and more of God. It's your way, not my way. Your will, not my will. It's I die to myself and I live for Jesus. It, it, the, whole, the whole premises of, of Christianity here on this earth is that Jesus would reflect in us, that Jesus would reflect in our lives and everything that we do. That's the goal, that the world would see Christ in us. We have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. It is as if Jesus is making his appeal through us. The result must be that they see Jesus in us. And when they do, they see God in our life, they will trust us. They will trust us. And when they trust us, they will put us in charge of things that they can't do themselves, just like Joseph. They can't do it. And what? And it will be an opportunity to let them know Jesus is the answer. And the church says. So we're talking about the inevitable results. Inevitable results that God would use us that he will give us all that we need. Number three, that, he, uh, that, that people will see God in our life. Number four, that you will be a blessing to your family. That you will be a blessing to your family. Joseph was able to protect and bless his family. Although he had been separated uh, from them for 20 years, he had been separated. He was uh, 13 years from, in the process from his father's house to Egypt. And then uh, he had seven years of prosperity and then two years of famine. So that's nine years, 13 years. 21 years later is when he has an encounter with his brothers again. It had been 21 years that he had not seen his brother. But the Lord allowed that whole transition in his life so that Joseph could be the instrument that protected his father and his brothers and was a blessing to them. If it's not for Joseph, they would have died in the famine. But yet, the Lord used him. I want to tell you today, if we teach our children that we all have pits in life, 
And we all have, journey, we all have the journey of life and, and we must handle it well and we must remember that the sovereign God will never leave us. He will never forsake us and we remember this. It, it, it will be a blessing to our family. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, you will always be in the best position to bless your family when we manage things right. Uh, I believe that our, our children will be in the schools that they're meant to be. Um, I believe that God will not let them make a bad decision uh, in, in choices and in careers. I, I believe that when we manage the circumstances well, I believe that the Lord will lead them to the right careers, what's best for them, the right people in their lives, the right church that will connect them with other people. And, and today, many of us, we have lifelong church friends that started decades ago. Why? Because the Lord led us in the right place, right? So how we live our life leads us to a place where we are blessing to our family. Uh, I believe our children will be blessed. I believe our parents will be blessed. I believe our extended family is blessed by the way that we live, the way we, we manage and journey through life. You know, Becky and I, we strive to live a life that will not impede the walk of our daughters, that we want them to see Jesus for themselves, but see Jesus in us as well, right? And that we hope that it would give them, it would give them the, the walk, the way that they can say, you know what, um, the gospel has been a blessing to my parents and knowing Jesus and it also would be a blessing to us. I want to remind you today that an inevitable result of managing our Christian walk well, it becomes a blessing for our family. You know, unfortunately, I've seen at times that a generation is lost because of a parent that has backslidden, right? So a parent has grown up in church, they have backslidden, and then they have had children, and, and they have gone through circumstances in life. Then they're in their 30s and 35s and 40s, and then, and then they, they come back to the gospel because they know that that's what they needed, right? And they come back, but now their children are of an older age, and, 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 and the children didn't get the same upbringing, and didn't get the same teachings, and, and now the children don't love as much as they love, and they're not impacted by the gospel like the way they were impacted. Why? Because we, we strayed away. I'm not saying there's no hope for them. Absolutely. There's grace, and there's opportunity, and there's the power of God to still win and, 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 and save and transform, but the journey is a little harder and a little different. It's a little harder, and it's a little different. Um, but we're still believing for victory even at, uh, at that place. But what I'm trying to say is that when we manage the pit well and we manage the journey well, inevitably there's a blessing for our families as well. And the church says there's a blessing for our matrimonies as well. Nothing is ever perfect. Everybody got to struggle. Everybody got to battle through some things. Everybody got to learn. Everybody got to grow. Everybody got to be heard. Everybody will deal with betrayal. Everybody will deal with circumstances. But we manage them in such a way that brings God the glory and blessings to our families. Blessings. It's an inevitable result. So as I close our teaching this morning, and I close our three-part sermon series, I want to remind you, there's an inevitable result for those who are faithful to all that God has called them to be. And that result is that God um, will use you, um, that he will give you what you need for the task, that all people will see God in your life, and you will be a blessing to your family. And the church will say, Amen. Amen. So as I close and I wrap up our whole sermon series, um, it's life lessons from the life of Joseph. The inevitable pit 
what do we learn from the pit? That the pit is a place of change. God is doing something and he wants to change something that's in us. It's a place of transition. He moves us from different places and it's a place of preparation for the next thing that he wants to do. Uh, in this, we have the inevitable journey. In the journey, we all have to deal with temptation. We all have to see God's provision and we all have highs and lows. But when we manage those things well, there's some results. There are inevitable results. God will use us. He will give us what we need for the task. Um, all people will see God in your life and you will be a blessing to your family. Perhaps there's someone here today as we're closing and you're just in your walk with God and you're, you're, you're struggling with some things. I want to remind you today, faithful. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 6, don't get tired in doing good for in due season you will reap what you sow if you do not give up. Faithful, steadfast, in every season of life, steadfast. I know in this world, we will deal with conflict and hardship and problems, but uh, be encouraged. Jesus has overcome the world. Maybe you're here today and, and you're just battling in life. And I want to tell you that there is a result that God wants to give us. That is a blessing for us. And the glory is always his. And the church says, amen. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a hand clap if you received the teaching this morning? I'm going to invite you to stand. If you're here and, and you're far from God and you don't, you don't know Jesus, or maybe you know him, but you're far from him. You're far. You feel like not living the life I should live. Uh, you're, you're on this journey and you're not getting the results that you wish you were getting. You're not getting the results. My, my, my home is broken. I'm losing my purpose in life. I'm struggling in my career. You know, I, I'm in conflict with those around me. My marriage is not what it's... I'm not enjoying the results that I heard about today. I'm not enjoying those results. I'm struggling in this life and I feel like I want good results. I bet if you look back, you did not manage your pit circumstances well. You probably did not manage your, your journey well. You did not ma manage the highs and lows well, the time of temptation well. You did not manage those things well and it took you to a, another place of inevitable results of hardship and separation and brokenness and neediness. But today you're like, man, I want good results. I want to tell you, a life in the hands of God inevitably will enjoy good results. And maybe you're here today and you're like, that's me as we sing this song. I want to invite you to the altar. We'd love to pray for you this morning just pray a new covenant, a new opportunity, a new commitment. Or maybe you're part of the church and you're like, this uh, teaching has really resonated with me and I'd like prayer to help me apply it to my life. The altar is also open for you this morning as well. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It leads us. It is a compass for us in all seasons, oh God. I pray, Father, that you would just... Uh, Make us sensitive to what you're doing in this season in our life, we pray in Jesus' name. And the church
Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Now keep it. If you are in need of prayer, please, the altar is open. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.